For player profiles, in-depth features, and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast with me, Joe Donoghue. Uh, we've got a club-specific episode today once again, uh, discussing one of Serie A's most famous and well-supported clubs uh, all around the world. Um, it is AS Roma uh, from the capital, the Giallo Rossi, uh, and I'm very pleased to welcome Ed Stratman as my guest this week. Uh, Ed is a football writer specialising on clubs such as Roma and, and AS Monaco in particular, uh, and has a really diverse profile of, of tactical and analysis pieces. Um, he's worked with all the big names, Roma, Arsenal, Monaco, Scout, the Bundesliga, Goal, uh, plenty, plenty more. And I'm really pleased uh, to, for him to join me today. Uh, Ed, thank you for your time. How are you and how are things in the, in the world of AS Roma? Yeah, thank you for having me on, Joe. It's um, great to be on the, on the podcast. And um, yeah, things are, things are pretty interesting at Roma at the moment, obviously, with Mourinho. Um, being appointed recently and uh, the excellent start to the, the season they've enjoyed. So it's apart from the loss on the weekend, but everything's pretty, pretty positive at the moment. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the team start the season with five wins from five in all competitions. And then the week that we come to record the podcast, they lose 3-2 to Verona. So um, a little bit of a curse there, the Scouted Football Podcast. But um, yeah, it seems to have been going quite well so far uh, under Jose Mourinho, um, who has obviously taken the Roma job. Um, much to... Would I say many people's surprise, but I, I think such a high-profile job after the, the the jobs that he's held in England is probably it probably tallies with that. Um, but just over the last five years or so, if if, if anybody hasn't been familiar with Roma, um, if anybody hasn't sort of followed the the progress of the club, what, what's it been like in terms of your the the managerial turnover, the the styles of play, whether there's been uh, any specific transfer policies or or just long-running themes in general? What what's it been like sort of pre-Mourinho? Yeah, well, it's it's certainly been pretty. It's always with Rome of the fans. I'll always tell you, there's certainly lots of ups and downs and changes and axe swinging and you know everything transfers ins out. So it's pretty full drama, as um as many many of us know. But um yeah, so I actually started writing for Roma's website about five and a half years ago when just when Rudy Garcia um was sacked and Spalletti took over after that so yeah the Garcia era started quite well with a 10 game winning streak and they got a couple of second place finishes but it's sort of obviously by the final campaign why that that came around he um yeah just sort of the wheels started falling off even though you know he had had Salah was brought in that that's his last season Dzeko Chesney and you had people like Dinya as well on loan and Rudiger and um, obviously El Shawari and Perotti had just had recently joined before he left too. So, yeah, so he ended up um, getting the sack, I think, in the January of uh, 2016, I believe, and then Spalletti took over from then till the end of the season. And obviously Spalletti returning to the team after he won their last major trophy, the, the 2008 Coppa Italia. So, yeah, that was... Um, that was a nice little team, that one, with De Rossi and Pizarro. Obviously, Toddy was at the club and Vucinic, Chakwiani, those sort of players. So, 
yeah, he came in and sort of got them back on track ahead. Sort of, I think they ended up finished that season third, and then obviously the twenty sixteen seventeen season was was really really good. That was probably one of my favourite seasons covering the team, where we got a record points haul of eighty seven, but still lost the title to the Juventus. Just a formidable force that they are, but yeah. So obviously, um, yeah, that was around the time. Yeah, obviously, Allison came to the club then, and um, we actually lost Pjanic that time as well. So, and one of my favourite Roma players is sort of Adam Lyich, who was always fun to watch. Never really the best player, but he was always fun, sort of sort of wispy dribbler, and always creating things and finding space. So, and that year we had obviously had Jeco winning the Capo Catanieri with his twenty nine goals. And pretty good in the Europa League too, and and that was Toddy's final season as well, which was the end of his twenty five years with Roma. So he, he had a memorable last game where they they came back to win three two against Genoa with the Perotti scoring a late one to um, seal the deal. And I think obviously Pellegrini scored in that game, who's obviously went to Monaco and now he's left again. But yeah, he was only sixteen at the time. So yeah, that was that was a pretty pretty fitting way to end for for the great man himself so and then yeah it was just it just didn't really end as well with the Spalletti and Toddy issues because Spalletti just put him on the bench quite a lot which he made it under no uncertain terms he wasn't happy about so yeah it was it was pretty pretty um fun season that one so we had obviously we had Rudiger and Emerson really came on that year and Chesney and Goal and Allison was keeping in Europe and yeah, Manolas was pretty impressive and we had even Vamala, not that he was super great. He was at the team, Rajan Angelin, Strutman, De Rossi, Young Gerson, who's now obviously at Marseille now. So, And the front line was pretty formidable with Totti and Salah and Dzeko and El Shawari and Perotti. So. And um, another one of my favourites who, who unfortunately left Roma earlier than I would have liked was Paredes, who's obviously at PSG now. But, yeah, he was always just really, really cool to watch whenever he came on with his sort of line-breaking passing and just the ease of which he moved the ball and that gave tempo to the attacks and just really was smooth dictating the play. So, yeah, but obviously Spalletti... That was him done after that season too because he just obviously the the way he was treated with the Toddy situation and he felt that he was just sort of constantly under pressure about it and treated harshly even though he was just doing what he believed was best for the team. So he he was gone at the end of that season despite the amazing achievement. And then we went to the Eusebio Di Francesco era. Obviously he was a former Roma player, part of the Scudetto winning team 20 years ago now. And he, yeah, he he started off pretty well. Brought back um, Lorenzo Pellegrini from he'd, who'd he'd been here with him for a couple of years with Sassuolo, so he brought him back to Roma. Obviously, he, who he played for as a as a boy as well. So he, that was a great sort of partnership to rekindle when he when he came back and um, yeah, led the team to third in that year, and it was a pretty pretty memorable season really where we had the magnificent Champions League run, making it to the, the semi-final against Liverpool, getting out of a group that we had Atletico Madrid and Chelsea in it. And obviously the most famous of all the Barcelona comeback from three nil down and then from sorry, four one down from the first league, three goals down and then they won three nil 
at home after he changed the shape to three four three three four two one. So I'm sure you probably remember that one too, pretty pretty well. Oh yeah, the 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 Costas Manolas goal. I think that was that was one which you know still sends shivers down the spine, doesn't it? It's the uh, that was a fantastic year for comebacks, wasn't it? Oh, to be fair, that those those few years uh, in the Champions League were fantastic for comebacks. Um, I remember uh, the the first leg. Uh, I was in the car. I was driving. I was sort of just listening to to the commentary, and I was thinking, "Yeah, they, there's no way that Roma are going to come back from this." So you you do realistically think that, "Oh well, you know, this is it, it's game over." And then I remember watching that that three nil game and thinking, "This is just incredible stuff. This is this is vintage Champions League action." Um, but yeah, you do. I think just you rattling through those names there and and, and the players. And the different teams, you know, it, it is easy to forget that over the past five years or so, you know, even even though five years is a very small time in football, there have been quite a few, you know, really established, very statesman-like players that have come through um, at Roma, or not come through, but, you know, have, have passed through the, the, the training ground and the, and the Olympico because they've, you know, the, the names, I mean, Salah, Dzeko, Shorawi, um, you know, I mean, obviously Totti, De Rossi, uh, and even some of the managers as well, you know, Di Francesco, um, Spalletti. I completely forgot that the Spalletti was uh, at the beginning of sort of that time period that I asked you about. Um, and obviously there was the the Ranieri period, which followed Di Francesco, um, uh, and and then Fonseca, who obviously reached the the semi-finals of the Europa League um, last season. But you know, it's been. It's you know in terms of I mean what five managers in roughly around five seasons it's been it's been pretty turbulent in that that department but there has been I mean maybe not success in terms of the 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 silverware but there's definitely been sort of relative success in terms of you know achieving you know going far in competitions and stuff like that and obviously the the runners up position in in 2017 um, but of course Jose Mourinho is there now and um, it's yeah it's been it's been box office so far, to say the least, uh, which, you know, you can always count on with, with Mourinho. You know, there's the, the 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 video of him sort of tucking into a pizza on the train back from Salerno. Uh, there was the, the the running down the touchline in the final minute of the game uh, after that last minute winner against Sassuolo. Uh, and it's been, for, for Mourinho's uh, standards, quite entertaining football. You know, it's three goals a game at, at the very least, I think has been sort of the average. Uh, even when even when Roma have lost, uh, as they did last weekend to Verona, um, it was 3-2 and Davide Faraone scored an absolute fantastic strike uh, for, the, for the opponents. So it's been, it's been fun to follow from afar, to say the least. Is that what it's been like to follow from, from your perspective? What has been sort of the insider's view? Yeah, it's been it's been it's been fun and it's given a lot of positivity back to the club and not not that Fonseca really did too badly. Like I, I was quite a big fan of his philosophy, obviously at prehand at Shakhtar before he joined as well. So I was um I was impressed with his his work and considering the situations, the pandemic, you know, coming to a club like Roma, obviously people doubting him, wondering if he's the right man for the job. But considering the situation he he came in, he I think he did pretty well. Lots, so many injuries he had to deal with as well, and he obviously changed the shape from his favoured four two three one to the three two four one or three four three, whatever you want to call it. And he obviously Pellegrini really, and Spinazzola and Karsdorp and Mikatari, and they really elevated their games again to to another level. And he gave plenty of young guys a chance. 
as well, like Darbo and Calafiori VR. So I was, um, yeah, I just sort of didn't know what to expect with Mourinho because I was impressed with Fonseca considering the conditions he he had to deal with. Most of the time, never had a full strength team. Obviously, Roma's pretty bad financially for a lot of the time as well with, you know, spending big and not making Champions League. So, yeah, Mourinho's, it's been sort of create a lot of buzz around the team as well, which has just been just great. People a lot more interested in the club and, and same with obviously the Tammy Abraham signing sort of generated a lot of interest as well. But, yeah, they've been, they've been it's sort of hard to fault them. Obviously, the loss on the weekend, it's really hard. Sort of the, type, the players are clearly, you know, pretty jaded after, you know, they have the international break, then the conference league and there's sort of three games every seven days. So it's been pretty impressive to to say the least so far. We obviously people love seeing things like the pizza on the train. He just looks really cheerful on that. And then the touch they um, the touch touchline run just sort of reminiscent of the the one um, he did for Porto versus Manchester United all those years ago in the Champions League. So that sort of sort of just generates happiness and and yeah, but so but also a lot is expected of him in a way as well because he sort of. He um is he's a pretty legendary coach and he's achieved so much throughout his career. So, but also it's sort of like it's sort of tempered with a bit of oh, are we sure he's really what you want after sort of he hasn't won a trophy in five years and how the the Man United, the Chelsea, the Tottenham, how how that's all gone hasn't been so good. But yeah, it's going to be a work in progress. I think obviously need time to to sort of get his squad depth going and maybe get them transfers and players that he wants. I think he was pretty upset he didn't get Xhaka, obviously, which would have been good to add some to bolster the midfield. But, yeah, you listen to him speak and he's pretty realistic and he knows that, you know, Roma's a bit of a team where, oh, we've won, I think they won six of the first six, if you include the, um, the last conference league game. And he said, look, it's with Roma, it's like you've just got to – you can't go from euphoria to depression with one loss. And that's sort of how the, how sometimes he obviously feels the media's reacting like, oh, wow, you're the best thing ever. And then you're the worst after that loss on the weekend. So, yeah, just it's going to be a long-term project. He's got a three-year contract. So he's just being realistic and trying to sort of um, downplay the expectations and just sort of wanting him, wanting him and the team to grow in time and – let him instill his philosophy just sort of slowly. Yeah, I was going to say, because obviously Chelsea part two sort of ended acrimoniously and then Manchester United, obviously he won the Europa League there, um, which was perhaps not the the standard of trophy that Man United fans have become accustomed to. And and obviously the, the way that Spurs Spurs ended was obviously very dissatisfying from, from his perspective, from the fans' perspective and... Um, I think, yeah, he's kind of left a, a bit of a, an impression and not the one you'd want there. Um, so I was quite curious to find what the perception is of him in Italy, considering that his last job in Italy was with was with Inter. Uh, and it was, you know, with that hugely successful team of around 10, 11 years ago. You know, it's it's curious because I was looking through the, the team that he had uh, with, with Inter. And it was a very, I don't want to say veteran littered, but it was, you know, it was a very... It, it was a team who of players who were very much at their peak or sort of not in a decline, but, you know, they were getting to a point where you wouldn't offer them a new five-year deal, put it that way. Um, you know, the, I think off the top of my head, there were only 
Mario Balotelli, who he obviously had a particular soft spot for, and, and David Santon, who were the the you know the the only under twenty three players that he quite regularly used at Inter. Um, it doesn't seem as though that'll be the case at, at Roma, though, based on sort of the 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 first few first few games as you mentioned it's actually six wins from the first six if you count that that win against uh, CSK Sofia in, in the conference league um but just in terms of the perception of of Mourinho um in terms of whether you feel as though for, for the young players at Roma it's a good appointment you know is 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 he perhaps a little bit too divisive is it too early to tell um you know is is it something which potentially he could is, is it last chance saloon for him in a big in a big job yeah, it, it could be. It um, it depends sort of which which sporting director maybe is in charge of the given club. Obviously, with Tiago Pinto now the sporting director at Roma, the connection Portuguese connection obviously helped, and that was probably a big reason um, why he came. Because you know he and also it's very good for the profile of the team. But um, yeah, it, it's Roma has got some pretty promising young players. So obviously Zaniolo is the best of them. But yeah, Calafiori and Perez is, is still quite young. Dabo, Bove, Zalewski, some of the guys we've already touched upon. So he'll probably have to use a lot of the young players, I would say, just because there's not a huge pool of, of players. But yeah, it's I think he'll do all right. But it's just um, his, his reputation was still in Italy um, is... I've heard some pretty interesting things from um, James Horncastle, obviously Italian football journalist specialist, and he was mentioning how it's even though, despite what's happened in England, you know, with the Chelsea Man U and Spurs and the falling out with players and not developing the playing styles and being seen as a bit outdated and criticising regularly of various things, referees getting fines, you know, unhappy with his teams himself for not for not getting players, but his his reputation in Italy is still very high with obviously the, the inter treble and just sort of the amazing job he did there and his stock is still up there. So he's still pretty revered. So the respect's there for, for his previous achievements and and um, and I suppose the, the start sort of vindicated Roma for getting him and vindicated their opinions of holding him in high esteem still because he did some pretty amazing tactical achievements, obviously, with the Barcelona game and in the final of the Champions League and just getting the best out of that team you mentioned with all those um, experienced heads, which obviously helped him to achieve what he wanted to do. And so, yeah, with Roma, he's, he's sort of, obviously, the last few years have seen him use that sort of four-two-three-one base model and he's continued that with Roma which has been um, pretty interesting with, you know, a nice a nice array of players and be nice to get Spinazzola back at fullback. But we signed Vigna, who's from Palmeiras, who's won the Copa Libertadores, and he started well, even though he's missed last week with an injury. And obviously, if we can keep Karsdorp fit, he's he's pretty pretty amazing fullback as well, who, who was signed initially and didn't really make headway and then we had a loan away and he's come back and Fonseca's really got the best out of him. So, and obviously Abraham and Pellegrini, just really, really quality number 10 and striker. So and Pellegrini especially, he's just, just been on fire with, and he's, he's noted as much saying how much he's loving playing for Mourinho and there's a really special feeling at the club like he's never felt before. 
And so he's really excited and he's the top scoring uh, midfielder in Europe. He's just, he's sort of running the show and he drops deep. And so, you know, you sometimes get like a, a bit of a tilt. So it becomes more of a 4-3-3 three, three to overlay the midfield and connect the attacks a bit more and let the three strikers sort of stretch, stretch the three forwards, stretch the opposition. And so, and then he can come up forward and, and get in space between the lines and he's exceptional at making that channel run between the fullback and centre back of the opposition, which you've seen multiple times and he's that's delivered goals already. So it's it's looking really promising so far. And then Vera too, who got ten goals last year and Cristante are gonna be the midfield pairing. So Cristante is more of the controller, dictate the tempo, drop back between the centre backs if need be when they're passing out from the back. And Veritas is a man that will make you runs into the box. And just having Abraham as that target man who can do a range of things, flick-ons, nod-downs, great sort of reference point for goal kicks, like against on the weekend, Verona, they press man-to-man. So it was pretty hard to build out from the back. So he was a great outlet to go long for Patricio, who's who's been sort of magical in goal as well. He made some incredible stops. And so we're hopeful Patricio is going to be that man to sort of stabilise the goalkeeping position as well. So, And then Mkhitaryan, who's obviously, he was one of the men that had an issue with Mourinho at United and they've obviously patched things up and he's playing and looking good. And Shwari, Shamurudov's a new signing from Genoa and he's sort of started quite positively. And then, yeah, Zaniolo as well, just not the best start to the year, but he just he's going to need time after those injuries. But overall, and then obviously defending, it's it's reasonably, um, yeah, Mourinho style, pretty compact, sort of mid-block, 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1, 4-2-2-2, sort of just trying to condense the centre and stay nice and compact and disciplined from that base to launch counters and, and press when certain triggers arise, like the wide passes, players dropping deep, poor, poor passes, touches. Yeah, so that kind of thing. So he's he's looking pretty... Pretty good so far. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of pretty happy with what he's done at uh, at this current day. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned Lorenzo Pellegrini there because you know he's been. I mean, in terms of Italian football alone, he's been one of my favourite players because he's just he's just such a silky player. I think he combines the the fact that he's quite a, a tall player for the position he plays with just a an effortless control and deftness with the ball. Um, really, really enjoyed seeing him in a variety of positions when he was playing for um, for, for Italy's under twenty ones. But I, I did want to get uh, go a little bit deeper on on Tammy Abraham because. You know, it's a transfer which somewhat breaks the mold a little bit. Um, you know, you don't often see it. I mean, apart from Fikayo Tomori going to, to Milan, um, you know, you don't often see, you know, English players going for, for, for big money to, um, to, to, to foreign clubs. Um, you know, it's often that English players will go for, you know, for, for small fees when they're sort of teenagers rather than when they're getting into those peak years. Um, so I think it's taken some bottle for, for, for Abraham to say, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chance my arm, but it's been going fantastically so far. I think uh, yesterday, and we're recording ahead of the Udinese game, um, but yesterday I checked sort of the the underlying numbers uh, for for Abraham, and he was doing fantastically well. I think he was across the entirety of Serie A, second highest for for non penalty xG, second highest for expected assists. Um, second highest number of touches in the opposition penalty area, and you know this is a player who 
yeah, he hasn't scored he hasn't scored bagfuls so far, but the building blocks are there, the fundamentals are there. It's it's exactly what Mourinho will have wanted from his from his new striker, and it shows that you know the he's linking up well with his new teammates already, and it's, I think that's indicative of a player who is first of all you know immensely talented, uh, perhaps underrated and unappreciated in England. Um, and you know is is one which is certainly going to endear himself to to the Roma support if he continues to perform the way he has been. Um, you know they they were just numbers that I plucked from Serie A. I'm sure that uh, in the Europa in the Europa Conference League um, there'll be you know similar levels of performance, if not higher, given the the, the caliber of opposition. Um, so you know there was I think he got two assists and a goal in his first two Serie A appearances. So. It's not just the underlying numbers; it's very much the the standout figures as well. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of people will might be curious to to know the the, the dynamic uh, up front, given that Edin Dzeko has left. And you know, over the past few years, if you weren't familiar with Roma too too well, you'd still be able to say, "Oh, well, Edin Dzeko plays for Roma. He's you know he's he's an identifiable figure." Um, but you know why is why is Tammy Abraham not simply just a Jekyll replacement? You know he's a lot more than that, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's he's a lot more mobile and athletic. And Jekyll is really good technically and really good with his back to goal as well. So, but yeah, it's good. It's good. He's like a he's a good target reference point outlet, which Jekyll was. But he's he's just a little bit more agile. He probably suits the counter attacking style when we need to play that really well because he's so fast and he's sort of got long arms and he can hold like push off defenders really well and he's and he's got that acceleration can beat the man and he's he's just got a really nice array of finishing too which Jekko was criticized um for sometimes being a bit wasteful even though he was obviously a class act but um yeah he's got he's got a nice sort of armory of, of ways to score goals and ways to impact matches so he's he's and obviously with the the aerial prowess and and um, Roma play a pretty narrow front four, so they're all in close proximity, sort of half space to half space. So with him able to combine in close with those guys or win headers or with combine with the feet, it sort of pulls out defenses and creates little little gaps for Roma to exploit in behind in central areas. Obviously, or or the width comes from the fullback, sort of spread the play and then attack the box. So. He's um yeah he's 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 sort of he's just crying out for a move like this to sort of show again just how good he can be and obviously he still scored thirty goals in the last couple of years for Chelsea and and scored a ton on loan at places like Bristol and Swansea and Villa so he's just he's just a really impressive impressive ta- outland talis- outlet and talisman so and um yeah he's he's re- he's got quick reactions so with rebounds. To, off the goalkeeper and just he's very instinctive in the box as well. So obviously with, with set pieces so important, he'll probably be pretty useful with those two and and Pellegrini's deliveries, which have already um, been beneficial in terms of assists to think of the Cristante goal as really clever little, little set piece routine. So in terms of him coming to the team, it's really, really exciting and he'll just add to hopefully what a force Roma can develop into. And obviously with a player like that, his ability to win fouls, drag defenders out of shape, pin them to make room for others, 
And so he can being able to come short and and um, connect or go in behind and make runs is is quite a handful defenders for defenders to um, deal with. So it's it's pretty it's it's a really good weapon to have. I'm glad Roma have got the deal over the line. And just I noticed you had some really really good stats there. So I sort of obviously went through through Y Scout and did a little bit of um, research on Roma's start to the season. It's it's actually making pretty much backing up Abraham's so extending on that because they're third for goals, third for expected goals, um, got the first, fourth best for expected goals against and fourth least shots faced. So they're doing pretty pretty well on those aspects. And for a team like Mourinho, they're sixth highest for the passes per defensive action, which sort of shows how often you recover the ball. And they're fifth, fifth for possession, which you probably think they might be a bit lower. And third, obviously, for most corners. So they're playing, that's obviously helps when you have such a good deliverer like um, Pellegrini and they're thir- first for through passes and first for key passes. So that obviously helps with that those little breakaways and people like Pellegrini able to unlock defences to someone like an Abraham. So, yeah, that's sort of, it's it's been a good, perfect partnership so far. Yeah, definitely. I think... We're we're in for a very big season from from Tammy Abraham. I think injuries permitting. Um, I think everything that you touched on there, it's very much set up for a for a very successful campaign. Um, and I suppose looking looking ahead to to, to this season, um, you know, with with other players in that squad, you touched on Nicolo Zaniolo before, uh, and that might be a name which people might be hearing for the first time in quite a while, considering that he's had two pretty pretty nasty injuries. Um, I think there was both two cruciate ligament ruptures um, mm. over the past, you know, 24 months, two years, 18 months sort of period, which is quite, you know, that's going to take its toll on any young player. Um, but for somebody who relies on sort of that initial burst of acceleration and then the ball carrying through lines and being able to hold off challenges, um, you know, they can be devastating. So, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen very much of Zaniolo this season. I know his minutes have been not limited, but... You know, they've, he hasn't been uh, as influential as a Pellegrini or an Abraham, for example. You know, what what is the what are the early signs? You know, is it potential that we could be seeing maybe a, a comeback season for him? Because you know, I mean, I mean, I, I know he got sent off in in the first game of the season. Um, you know, which uh, it's not. Exa- I mean, Mourinho's probably not the manager to burn your bridges with straight away. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but you know, what do you, where do you sort of rate Zaniolo's importance in, in 2021-22? Because still a young player, still under 23, um, still somebody who I think, you know, can can stake a claim to be an important member of the Italian national team. Um, you know, is, is I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm waffling on here because I just, I really want to see him do well again because he was such a, such a vibrant player before his, before his injuries. Yeah, he's spot on. Well, he's just he's just got back into the the Italy squad for Man, with Mancini just in the last international window, which is positive um, news. But yeah, he's after that just quality debut against Real Madrid under obviously Dan, De Francesco was in charge then, and he sort of really took everyone by storm there. And he um, had a great game, and he he got a double in a Champions League game against Porto to give Roma a win. And just, just the excitement about him, just a player like that, he's so versatile. He, like you can play him as an eight if you really wanted to, a 10, a winger, a false nine. He's, he's sort of got the physique to play anywhere and the technique to play anywhere. So yeah, barring those injuries, he, he could be sort of a, at, a, at a very high level right now. So 
yeah, so with 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 players like with that, it's just we're, we're just hoping Roma can can hold on to him if he if he reaches that potential, which is obviously um, we hope he can. And with us, as you mentioned, losing all those amazing players over the years to to the big teams, but yeah, he's got just got a, a crazy blend of strength, balance, speed, shooting, dribbling, and he's just just a powerful athlete who can just bully defenders back to goal, and he can run run into depth as well and sort of the sky would is pretty much the limit for him if if he like you say can stay fit so but this season we've sort of just seen glimpses um of what he can offer some some dangerous runs some positive sort of shooting moments some good movement but he just needs some some minutes and time to just get that continuity back and get into a rhythm and obviously adjust to to another new manager at Roma which is um, probably not ideal for all these players having to to change systems so regularly. But the the future's looking good. I know that there was a slight bit of criticism for his lack of um, tracking back for a couple, especially against Verona on the weekend. But sometimes it's sort of a, um, a systemic thing where you know you want to keep those players high higher up ready for that first outlet when you can break sort of almost cheat but when it doesn't come off it doesn't look so good obviously but yeah it's, it's exciting to see to see where what will happen this season despite the the, the rock slightly rocky start but yeah well hopefully Mourinho can can get the best out of him yeah and just just finally moving on to sort of the the even the, the players even younger than the likes of Tammy Abraham and and uh, Nicolo Zaniolo uh, and I'm quite pleased that we actually got Abraham in because this being the scouted football podcast you know focuses 23 and under and, and I think Tammy Abraham turns 24 in about a week's time so we just managed to get him in here Ed um but on those on those players even younger in the Primavera setup, which is you know, Italy's equivalent of under 19s football, um, Roma's Primavera side finished fourth last season, um, which is a you know is a very good finish. But it's even better when you consider that was just two points off the title. Um, you know, Primavera football, you you often see um, you know you, you you often see players go from there to. Uh, you know, to Serie B or in previous seasons, we've seen uh, some players such as Samuele Mulattieri uh, go from um, from Inter's under-19 side to, to the Erste Divisie in the Netherlands. Um, this season, Sebastiano Esposito from Inter has gone to, to Switzerland with FC Basel. So it's quite a, it, it, it seems as though it's very good. It's a very good league in terms of development. Um, but for, for Roma in particular, there are, there are a few who, uh, a few young players, still teenagers, in fact, who have been playing, or you know, over the past few years, have played regularly with the Primavera setup. Who are now somewhat on the fringes. And and Ed, earlier you said uh, about how uh, Mourinho perhaps will have to have to draw on on some of these younger players just because the, the the limitations of his squad and just simply not having the numbers to be able to rely on. You know, so many Diego Melitos. Um, and you know there there are a few that you picked out, um, you know Nikola Zalewski being one, uh, Eduardo Bove being another, uh, Darbo. You know there's there's quite a few uh, who you know are, are names that I keep seeing popping up, um, who I haven't really had a great chance to watch, but um, you know to 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 see the the progress that they've made sort of off the off, outside of Roma suggests suggests that perhaps um, you know Mourinho might not be so reluctant to re- to rely on them. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, Darbo was to start with him. He he 
came in at the end of last season, did some really, really good work in the Europa League in, in that pretty memorable run, which um, ended against Manchester United, obviously after beating Ajax and Shakhtar. And it was it was a good little run. And he, he um, got a chance to prove himself in the midfield. And he, he did really well. He was fundamentally sound. He did his job pretty perfectly on both sides of the ball. And just really his defensive sort of tenacity and, and grit was, was impressive. And he was just like showed very good judgment and just good positional awareness. And then he, he did really well in the derby against Lazio, which was sort of a big stage for a player like that to um, to be thrust into. And you really couldn't fault him against the likes of Luis Alberto. He's just, he's just a force to be reckoned with as a number 10 and he's just a talent. So... Um, Getting getting in those in that experience at such a high level in at the end of the season and Fonseca to give him that chance he really really relished it so he was certainly one that Mourinho if if he wanted to call upon would would be worthwhile especially with the busy season and Cristante and Vera too probably going to need a bit of a rest so Diawara and VR will probably get a go as well VR is probably something we haven't touched on not that he's uh, Roma youth product, but yeah, he's he's just a just a really nice passer. Keeps things ticking over nicely. Really showed his 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 quality under Fonseca last year, and at the end, the second half of the season was was one of the sort of key men. So yeah, he hasn't really got much of a run yet. So we're not sure um, what Mourinho is going to do with the midfield there. So we'll just have to wait and see how many more minutes these kind of guys get, if if any. So, But obviously we'll move on to Calafiore next. He, he was another that got some valuable minutes last year, sort of tall, defender, good in the air, won a lot of headers, nice crosser, good at, good on the cutbacks, good surging runs forward. Still still a little, needs a little bit of refining, obviously. But, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably one to look out for in the future. He's had some injuries um, coming through, so... Um, that probably has halted his progress a little bit, but he, yeah, I remember there was there was one amazing twenty-five yard strike that really sort of caught everyone's attention last year. So he's, he's probably a man to look out for with some injuries in the fullback roles. He's getting minutes now, and he'll probably play tomorrow too. So that'll that'll only only benefit his development as well. And um, next on the list there is. Is uh, Bove, and he's he did some good things in preseason. I, I pro- he probably won't get huge minutes this year, but he looked like a looked like he's definitely a nice passer. Moves the ball well, sort of tenacious with his pressing and tackling. Quite a quite a smooth player. I liked what I saw from him. Definitely impressed Mourinho as well um, in the preseason, which which um, got some very good work in. So he's probably one that will probably be more on the fringe of the team with with the quality they they have in the in the squad, but might be one for a loan in January maybe to get some more experience and maybe the same with Zalewski, who who um, yeah like you said ten goals last season, newly capped Polish international, very very talented Polish midfielder who who can who can that's good to have one that can score goals and do a lot of good things obviously with the link to Poland helps because he's Italian grew up there. So Boniek, the famous, one of the more famous Polish players knows his family well. So he sort of um, probably got some plenty of good guidance from him 
growing up and is sort of friends with the family. So he'll, he'll be one to, to keep an eye on. He might get some minutes, these guys in the Cups and the Conference League. So obviously it's hard when Mourinho, like you said, he, he's pretty results-based. So whether he wants to risk giving these these younger guys too many chances or he trusts them fully will be intriguing to see when you obviously it's hard to get minutes with the likes of El Shawari, Shamuridov, Abraham, Pellegrini, Zaniolo, Perez, and then these kind of guys. But yeah, I'm just hoping they can they can come on and we can have a few few surprises from these young guys this year and they can really show what they're made of. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there just uh, just towards the end that, that Zalewski is, is a newly capped Poland international. Um, you've also got uh, Abrima Darbo, who you spoke about to begin with, uh, who's a Gambian international, um, and Calafiori, who is uh, currently with uh, Italy's under-21 setup. So there's quite a lot there to, to suggest that, you know, there's, there's something which, uh, you know, is going on at Roma in terms of the, the, the development of these players. Um, and... Yeah, I think I think we can be. I mean, we're not we're not exactly expectant to to see you know these these players playing a, a serious first team role just yet. I mean, a lot of them are still nineteen, twenty years old, uh, and especially in Bove's case, with players such as uh, Gonzalo Villar in front of him, who uh, you're right, we didn't we didn't really touch on, but is a fantastic tempo setting uh, midfielder, I think. Um, but yeah, I think there's plenty to 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 be encouraged about with Roma this season. Um, Hopefully, we'll see uh, we'll see a real title race at the top of Serie A this season. I'm fairly sure that, given the the troubles that that, that Juventus have had uh, to begin with this season, that I think we'll we'll also see similar to last year um, uh, a, a good uh, a good title race, and 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 maybe Roma will be up there. Who knows? Um, Jose Mourinho maybe ending that trophy drought, but. Uh, Ed, it's been a pleasure to, to have you on. Thank you very much for, for joining me on the Scouted Football Podcast. Um, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll chat again at some point. But um, for, for anybody who isn't familiar with your writing or familiar with with anywhere that you work, um, is there anywhere that you'd like to, to plug? Any any websites? Any any particular pieces? Yeah, it's just just the, at Edward Stratman's the the Twitter handle. You can pretty much find all of all of my work there and articles. There'll be um, Something for on Lorenzo Pellegrini actually coming up on on the Roma website this week for for anyone that's interested. Obviously, it just catalogues his his um rise and and development as a versatile multi multifaceted midfielder who can play a range of roles through the years with since since coming back under De Francesco and how he how he was um since done, developed into a really really impressive from a Mazzala to a more of a Trek artista into that number 10 role, which he just took to the next level under Fonseca. And he's just doing that now with Mourinho as well, being exceptional. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much where you can find, find my work on Twitter. And yeah, thanks. Thanks Joe for having me on. It's, it's been um, great to chat all things Roma and, and hopefully like you say, we can have some success around the corner with Mourinho at the helm. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we're all hoping to see uh, a storyline unfold, if nothing else. Uh, but yes, that's all from us on the Scouted Football podcast uh, this week. Uh, if you haven't already, do check out uh, Scouted Football Unfiltered, uh, which is uh, a new 30-minute snippet from Lou Davies and Stephen Gnavis on our Scouted Football Patreon. Um, just 30-minute discussions, uh, unedited, of those two guys discussing what's been happening in the world of football uh, that week. Uh, but yes, that's all from me, Joe Don. 
Donahue, and this has been the Scouting Football Podcast, discussing AS Roma with Ed Stratman. Thanks very much. Stay safe. Bye for now. For player profiles, in-depth features, and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.